Hi there, I'm Jay Comfrey and this is High Performance, the podcast that reminds you that it's within your ambition, your purpose, your story. It's all there. We just help unlock it by turning the lived experiences of the planet's highest performers into your life lessons. And today, myself and Professor Damien Hughes are going to speak to two incredible performers. But you know what? This conversation today is not about performing. It's about the behaviours. It's about the psychology behind getting up on stage and, crucially, how you can perform as a team. Because in a rare move for high performance, we're joined by not one, but two guests. We're joined by Alfie Bow, who's had an incredible career. He's a true theatre icon, Grammy-nominated, he's won Brits, he's won Tony Awards. However, life offstage is not easy, and we'll talk about that today. And Alfie is alongside Michael Ball, a man who's released multiple number one albums. He had the fastest-selling single of 2020. He's a TV host, he's a radio host. He's a prolific, hugely successful performer. But again, life is not without its challenges. So here's what you can expect from Michael Ball and Alfie Bow on the High Performance Podcast. I love doing it. I love getting on the stage with Alf. So when an overture starts for a show, I just think all of that can wait. This is what matters at the moment and it lifts me and it, and it hopefully lifts them. Music is everything to me. Music is, is what feeds my emotions, my soul, my everything, my performance, my life. I know what I'm worth. Alfie knows what he's worth. But one and one makes more than two. When you put us together, something something different happens. It creates something different uh, that neither of us could do individually. So the way this works is that we recorded this episode with Michael Ball and Alfie Bow, but halfway through, Michael had to leave. And the conversation moved in such an interesting direction that we've decided to release this podcast as two episodes. So once you finish this episode from both Alfie and Michael, please do continue on to the next episode to hear our conversation with Alfie, where he talks about his mental health struggles, his relationship with his father and his outlook for the future. It's really personal, but actually I think it's really beneficial. So let's get to it then two huge stars of stage and screen telling us the truth about their lives. Michael Ball and Alfie Bow on the High Performance Podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Well, thank you both very much for joining us. Oh, it's a pleasure. pleasure. So uh, let's start with you, Alfie. Yeah. What do you believe to be high performance? 
being good at your craft, excelling at your craft, I suppose in, in, in the work aspect, but I suppose in life in general, just being happy, I think is, a, is something that I always try and achieve to do to make myself be able to perform at my best, is when you're happy, when you're mentally in a good place, you know, being able to handle everything uh, that comes across your path and, and, and yeah, that makes me feel like I can, I can achieve my, put my best work out there really. Michael? High performance, it's, it's what Alf says. I think there's also this thing of never being complacent, never being satisfied with what you do, you've done, always thinking there's more that you can do. Taking comfort and enjoyment from what you are doing and thinking, yeah, I'm doing this as well as I can, but maybe there is something, something else I can do. There's further I can go with it. See, I think this is interesting because if there's one recurring theme from over 160 of these conversations, right, it's that people who are high performance are never actually satisfied. And a lot of people live their lives thinking, I'll be happy when I reach yeah. a moment or a milestone or buy a certain house or have a certain salary. And it's only when you talk to someone like Johnny Wilkinson, who won the Rugby World Cup for his country and was happy for 30 seconds after 20 years' work, you realise that actually a lot of the time, the climb is not worth the view. No. Mm. And is that the same for the two of you? Like, how much do you allow yourself to truly enjoy what you're doing and where you are? Or is it all about the next performance, the next achievement? I think all of us in this, in, in this business, you're always wondering where the next job is coming from. You know, you finish, you finish a contract or, or, or finish uh, something that you've started and you think, what am I going to do next? Is, there, is the phone going to ring? Is there something there? I think I've got better at having those smell the roses moments, but they don't last. It's because he's loaded. <laughs> it helps. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it does. You, yeah. Having a little bit of financial yeah. security, of course, helps. But no, it doesn't. That's absolute rubbish. It's not about that. <laughs> it's about you constantly want to, to find new challenges. You constantly I love how to... you contradict yourself. So I know, but I do. Don't... I, I don't have any answers. I just know that I, I need to keep doing what we're doing. A friend of mine has just finished a major tv show and was invited to the the rap party and she didn't want to go because it was like you know she was she's just focusing on the next thing and it's like you know no you've got to go and celebrate your achievement you've got to go and celebrate your goal it's important that that you recognize what you've done to entertain and the high standard that, you, that you've done it but no she was like no, no i just want to leave i just want to show my face leave and then and then go on to the next job and and it's it's just interesting that we don't but give bit, ourselves that, like that, that time you? to really um yeah i, I yeah. suppose i am yeah i don't go to after show parties <laughs> no you know i don't go for meals i don't yeah Why is i that? don't i don't know I, I think because i i do have such a high a strong work ethic that it's not about celebrating for me. I haven't been on holiday for six years, so I don't celebrate myself. I just concentrate on the overall goal, you know, getting through my life and then looking back. Well, I won't be able to when I've gone through my life, but just... Well, that's the point then, isn't it? Yeah. You can't carry on like this thinking there's the moment where you stop and reflect. No. You will never have that moment. It is quite simple. Yeah. If you don't enjoy it while you're doing it, you'll never enjoy it. Are there people that do, though, who go, do you know what? Yeah. Done it. Happy, content. You might think differently, Damien. I believe that whether we're talking to an international sports star, 
a multi-billion pound valuation entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah. artists like the two of you, they all join us and say, I didn't take the time to enjoy it. And my response every time is, that's because if you took the time to enjoy it, you wouldn't have done what you've done and you might not be sitting here in front of us now. Yeah. But there is also this argument that then what's the point? But then people do say to you, oh, that's such a shame that you didn't recognise your own. And then you feel guilty about that. And you but think, is it a shame it. for you though? Do you need it? I don't need it. I don't need to sort of look at what I've done or the achievements and, 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 and think, yeah, good for you, Alfie. You know, it's like, I think, no, 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 it's just part of my job. That's my job. It's like going and working in a factory and putting my coat on at night and getting out of my overalls and going home and having my tea, getting up in the morning, going back into work. That's how I see it because it's my work ethic. That's how I was brought up. My dad did the same, jumped on his bicycle, cycled to work six miles, did his job, came back home and got changed and had his tea. And, and he didn't celebrate himself. Gee, I love what I do. So, I'm not saying I don't uh, love yeah, what I do. Yeah, I, I love I, what I do. Uh, that's that's no, not I mean that's is, not what I'm saying. Well, I I I would if I wasn't doing what I do, I'd be really miserable. So my relaxation, the buzz I get, is doing what what we do, and I can't imagine a world where I'd be happy if I wasn't doing it. Well, that is my world. That is standing on stage and working and entertaining and giving a a service and a product to a, to an audience and is what I was born to do. You know, like working in the car factory when I did that, I was my job was to spray the car, polish the car, give it to the customer. And that's what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to look good, I'm trying to polish up my act and I'm trying to give it to the customer. It's exactly the same thing. But I love it. I love seeing that car drive away. And I love walking off stage and hearing the crowd roaring, it's, it, it feels like, yeah, okay, I've achieved it, but that's what I'm meant to do. It's my job. I'm interested in terms of like your journeys in show business, because there's that formula when you describe people's behavior and it's a mixture of both personality and the environment that they've been brought up in. And I, I see that the traits that have got you so far and for so long in your industry is about never being complacent, looking for the next job, never resting on your laurels and all of that. But there's also something that's innate within you about this idea of you've grown up in Fleetwood, mm. there's one of nine, or for you going to boarding school when you went there. How much of this unwillingness to compromise, to rest on your laurels, to stop and smell the roses is part of who you are, but how much of it is just a result of being in the industry where you've seen the corpses of people's careers littered that did for, for me i think i'm just constantly looking for is approbation the right, right word so it sounds like a good word i want people <laughs> to i'm looking for approval right yeah, yeah. all the time i'm constantly looking for approval where does that come from and, uh i i, I think uh, maybe from being a, a second son so you 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 always are trying to strive to be noticed. I think my, my dad is like it as well. He was always wanting to be the giver and the, uh, the one that everyone liked and no one had a bad word to say. So I'm always looking for that and looking for approval and you never get it <laughs> fully. I think that's been my, my driving force for people to say, Oh my gosh, he, he's good. He does so, something special. So if we jump into your story, then the bit that stood out for me was when you went to boarding school yeah. and you didn't feel like you fitted in. 100%. You were an outsider. Yeah. 
and as somebody that needed approval, how did that shape the subsequent decisions that you've made in your career? Um, I realised that I couldn't find a way at this, a very sporty school, you know, great in rugby and cricket and swimming and everything I didn't do and I didn't want to do and hated. So I had to find it in other directions. I had to find it in being funny, being uh, the one who had all the, the cool ideas to do things, the, the one who, who'd, who'd be a little bit dodgy, you know, in a nice way, and came up with the, with, with the fun ideas. So, so that was the way I collected mates and collected my gang, and also performing, you know, the, the, what performing there was at the school. I was forefront and and coming up with ideas and finding ways of making people notice me and, and applaud. So I get that at school, but then another bit of your story that like stood out was when you first got your break in Pirates yeah. of Penzance. And I read about the 600 people that turned up at an audition. That's right. And my instinct was to go, Jesus, if I saw 600 people going for that... I'd feel helpless. That's or I'd the feel job, hopeless. Though, but that's the job. But as somebody that needed approval, how did you stand in that queue as number five hundred and ninety-nine? Gosh, think? that's an interesting. Thought I've never thought. I just thought I'm with. I was with a mate. We were, uh, and we'd gone along to it, and I just thought, you, you, this is what you do. You do your best, and it was as. Uh, as the, 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 the 600 got whittled down and you got recalled and recalled and it finally got to the, the, the final two between me and another guy, that's the moment when you, this is, this is real. And, but, and, you, but I never, I, you can only do what you do in order to get the approval. You, you, you just do your best. But as you're stood in that queue and you're seeing yeah. all these other talented, yeah. good-looking, charismatic performers there, how do you sort of protect you who pretend you are. it's not serious go on tell us about yeah that. you pretend it doesn't matter you know you know it does of course it does it's the most important thing to you in the world but outwardly it's like oh it's a laugh isn't it you know we have we'll have a go at this and if you don't get a job you go oh yeah it doesn't matter it was a really interesting thing you're dying on the inside but it, you know it's fine you get the job and you have a moment of, oh, my God, amazing. And how the hell am I going to pull this off? Because you feel a bit of a fraud for getting it in the first place over somebody else. That always happens. You think someone else could do this just as well, if not better than I can. So you just work really hard to, to convince people that you can do it. I think there's a value in this, isn't there? Because I see people all the time who don't even take the risk to see if they're good enough. You know, they would rather not yeah. take the risk and not get the rejection. How do you deal with it? Because all people see is the successful stuff, because that's the stuff that we see. We see the albums and the social media and the TV shows and the performances. We don't see the hard stuff because that isn't publicly available. You have to find any way possible to deal with it, whether it's examining your own ability, studying again, training, you know, giving yourself the practice to master your craft, whatever it is, um, or even exercising or taking care of yourself, cooking a meal for yourself at night. You know, you just sort of start living positively. Anything to help you get over a, f a failure or something like that, whatever it is, just to, to, to sort of strengthen your own confidence. I find that hard personally to sort of say to myself that this doesn't matter, you know, because, you know, if I go for an audition or go for something that I really want 
to to do, then I'll visualize myself doing it before I've even got it. And I'll have that vision in my head that that's, I am going to get that. That's going to be something that I'll, I can manifest. And sometimes it works. I mean, you know, nine out of ten times it has worked for me. If I've if I've gone for something, it's 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 normally I've had that confidence to go out and do it. But if if I haven't, I can't tell myself that it doesn't matter because it really does. And I show it, and I then beat myself up about it. And that's something that I'm constantly battling with. That I have to improve. I have to always be better at what I do. I don't want to sit back on my laurels and just think, oh, it's this life is plain sailing now. It's not, you know, because you never know what's around the corner, personally and professionally. So I, I do things like take care of myself. I go to the gym. I do go and make a point of like going to Tesco's and buying really nice food that I really want to cook and go home and put on family guy and and cook while watching a silly program and just take my mind out of it and fill myself with energy and positivity and fun and and that's how i can get through um the the letdowns and the the pitfalls in a way i mean the contrast of your two approaches is fascinating that because i'm interested where it meets in the middle from the playfulness that maybe you adopt of when you're going for that big performance but you're pretending it's it, it, it's all irreverent almost and and you Alfie coming in with this idea that this is everything yeah. to me what's the moment that you almost let go for you where you can go and liberate yourself just to go and perform and what's the moment for you when you switch on and you are that ultra focused performer I don't know what the moment is I just know I can do it I know that uh, I can go in and start my radio show and, you know, no matter what has happened, I'm not going to let that impact how I'm going to talk to my listener on the show. Um, that's not their concern. That's not their business. I have a, a, a professional job to do. And also, it lifts me out of where I am. I love doing it. I love getting on the stage with Alf. So when an overture starts for a show, I just think all of that can wait. This is This is what matters at the moment and it lifts me and it, and it hopefully lifts them. And the, the big th lesson I learned, I was just, just listening to, to Alf there, big lesson I learned from being on the other side of the table at auditions and stuff is to understand that when you're auditioning people for things, you want them to be brilliant. When an audience pays a, their money to come for a ticket, they want a great show. They're coming in with a positivity. And so rather than think of it for me, like, like a challenge, like a, I've got to bloody do this or I'm going, we're going to do this together. We're all on the same side. Here. Yeah. And, um, and if, so if, and I make a point when auditioning people for things of saying, this isn't about you, you've done brilliantly. It's what is required to serve the piece that we're going to be doing that you may not fit for. Uh, just as I wouldn't fit for it or someone, you know, we're all good. We're all deserving, but th something beyond your control is stopping you from getting this. It's not your fault. Lovely. That idea of assuming yeah. positive intent yeah. and yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. And what about yourself, Alfie? Like, how do you let that moment come where you can just relax and flow into? Um, 
acceptance, I think. You know, I mean, for an audition situation, um, accepting maybe a failure, maybe is what I try to do, is just take it on board. Um, I haven't, I mean, I haven't auditioned for a long time, to be honest, but... um, or if I've if I've not got a concert or or, or something or something has gone to someone else or whatever, I um, acceptance of that 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 like Michael said, it's it wasn't meant to be, you know. It still would eat me away, but it's it's not meant to be. But and I will find that that positivity of getting through that feeling. Um, but when it comes to letting go of the pressure of being on a high platform and a high standard of performance, which you always you always maintain but when you can relax a little bit is when the music starts music is everything to me music is is what feeds my emotions my soul my everything my performance my life the first thing i turn on is my uh, spotify and i put that on and i play songs all day long i hardly ever watch tv michael will tell you this he's he's mad on his on his uh, seasons his netflix and bot series and things like that i don't do that i don't watch television so i I put on music and if I'm feeling sad or feeling low, I'll listen to low music. I'll listen to sad music and then I'll engage with that emotion and get through it. You know, if I'm feeling energized and happy, I'll put on something vibrant and, and, and engage with that and that'll get me through my day. And it's just emotions that, that I don't know. It's the way that I work is, is by, is by instrumentation, by music and, and it connects with my, my inner person. I, th- I think what's interesting for both of us is no matter what's been happening off stage in our own lives. You never take it on stage. Never. And we come together. And the very fact that you've got a mate by your side who, you know, if, if I say to him, listen, this is not a good one for me. Got your back. I'll take this. And vice versa. Um, so that you know you've got someone on your side when things are low. But crucially, you're not on your own when things are great. So we sell out the O2. We do a, a gig. You're not on your own standing there going, no one knows how I feel. You've got someone by your side going, having exactly the same vibe. So having that person to share it with and, and to go, we, we, we just did that. It's a great feeling. So it's interesting because people say to you, after you've done a performance like at the O2 and you've had 20,000 people on their feet cheering your name and stuff, and, and they think, oh, you must be on such a buzz and such a high, and you must be going out and celebrating now and, and having a party and drinking the champagne and one thing and another, and it's, it's not. I mean, I walk off stage and you walk into your room and you're on your own, mm. and then you get in a car and you're on your own, and then the car drives you home and you close that front door and you're on your own, and you've just been around thousands of people that are just adoring what you what you do. And then you realise this is such a diverse life that we live. It is a tricky game to to play, to assess, to sort of live through. You know, because that that being alone can really eat you away yeah. sometimes. There was and that so George that- Michael documentary, wasn't there, that came out this summer? Where that I know it's obviously post his death, but yeah. he'd written it and he spoke very powerfully in in it around that sense of isolation of yeah. when he did a big US tour and like when it all finished it was like just the crushing loneliness but that's the same f- for everyone whatever we're doing we wake up 
I mean, you'll have, you have someone with you, but you, you wake up alone in your head and you go to sleep alone. You, you, we, we, our lives are shared to a certain extent, but we're, we're only us. We're, we are on our own. We, are, we're, we just have to be comfortable with that and deal with it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Can you tell us how this came about then? Because what one thing, I don't mean the sort of mechanics of how I called him and he... Yeah, yeah, yeah. How you decided that you were the right partnership, because this is a fascinating thing to see, the amount of energy that, Michael, you bring and the sort of your up and your chatting, and actually you're a really like, deep thinker and you really consider things a lot. And I, and I can see how the whole yin and yang thing is working even in this conversation. I'm, I'm sure it is magical when you're on stage, whether that was part of it. It was community service, really, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's me giving back. <laughs> I felt so lucky. Help the aged. You know I mean? <laughs> Do you know what? It, it's grown, is, is the honest truth. We didn't know at the beginning what it would be like, what would happen. if it was Even, even on the level of, are our voices going to blend? Uh, because they're different sounds that, you know, are we going to want to record the same sort of stuff? Is it going to work on stage? Yeah. And it was, a, it was a learning thing. We learned really quickly what worked and, um, recognize each other's strengths, uh, and how to play to them. And very quickly that, that Michael Ball and Alfie Bow are very separate things from Ball and Bow. This is, this is us. You know, and and it's always about us. It's not about the individual. It's about how does this work for 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 the two of us, and let's play to each other's strengths. Yeah, and I'll, share it. It's funny enough. It was asked a similar question out in the lobby here, um, and I was thinking, you know what? We are a team. We are a, for the want of a better word, a product in the sense, you know, and we are putting across uh, uh, to an audience that it's the duo ball and bow. But we are both, I think, individually have boxes to tick to make that duo work. So there is also a lot of separation. I prepare my side of the job and Michael prepares his side of the job. And when we bring the two together, automatically it just seems to work. So even though we do work together on stage a lot and in the recording process, we develop that side. Out of that, individually, we are working on our own personal abilities and bringing each each other's craft together so to make what it advice would you give our listeners about working in a team you know we love the phrase on this podcast a candle doesn't lose its light by lighting another mm. candle and that's yeah. what you do for each other what advice would you give to people listening to this about the power of teamwork and realizing that you can't do it on your own all the mm. time in this world well none of us can do what we do on our own but if if it's if, for something like this it has to be 50-50 each of us contributes as much as the other. We know where one strength lies and the other, but it is... I want to correct you. It's not 50-50. It's 100% each. That's a lot. Thank you. It's Better. 100% <laughs> each. Yeah. You know, it's, it's 
you don't say, well, Michael, you know, you give 50%, I'll give 50%, and that's probably 110%. Yeah, yeah. You throw it all in. And and it, and it's mutual respect. It's I admire Michael as a performer. I admire his voice. I admire his history and what he's done. And his the, the you know his career has been incredible. Um, and I have to sort of match that to an extent. You know, I have to sort of bring it to the table too. And he's given a hundred percent throughout the whole of his career. And I want to give a hundred percent throughout the whole of mine. So when we put the two together, it's a powerhouse. I mean. There's a really interesting concept that you're describing here that in, in, in rowing, they talk about swing. Mm. So when a boat goes fast and more powerful, it's basically everybody working with that synchronicity. Everyone's giving a hundred percent, but yeah. the actual output of the boat ends up measuring something like a hundred and ten percent of it because that swing, there's that, is that extra ten percent of magic where it happens. And, 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 that extra bit is indefinable. I know what I'm worth. Alfie knows what he's worth. But one and one makes more than two. When you put us together, something something different happens. It creates something different uh, that neither of us could do individually. But how do you protect that to make sure that, that, because what you've got is special, but how do you go about maintaining it rather than just the hoping it happens organically i think not getting complacent about it yeah you know, just really stepping it up every single time you come back to the table like we're taking a bit of time out now to work on our own individual things and we'll we'll get back together in 24 and you know when we come back together we'll 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 hopefully have stepped it up from where we left off you know and we always want to just get just work harder and harder and 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 keep improving on what we're developing what we're doing already you know so tell us about those meetings and where you get together to talk about when you come together mm. in 18 months time we're going to take it a level describe that that our listeners could maybe take away and apply in their world they're really quick and easy now i mean this album the vegas album the concept arrives what about an album set in vegas and then it's going, and then as soon as we both go, yeah, that's a really cool idea. It's it's then a, the the exciting moment of going. So what does that actually mean to both of us? What what is what is the 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 artistic drive for us? Who are we celebrating? What are the the sounds we want to do? What do we want the audience to be hearing and sharing with us? And because of it's our fifth album, it's our seventh year, we just have a shorthand and a telepathy almost about it. So, yeah, that's the right song. No, that's not the right song. That's the right feel. When we sit around a piano and routine the songs, it flows because we know what the key should be, who does the harmony. Who do, it's, it, I mean, this has been the easiest and the best it, it has. work it, that we've done. I it has. I think to the listener, what, what they could take from that, moving into that, you know, putting applying it to their lives, yeah. is just positivity. I am a, a, a deep thinker, but I do sort of visualize a lot, and I, and I and I and I see the potential of something. I don't always get that excited as Michael does because I want to. I'm 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 more, I like to really work hard at it and put the power behind it. Michael is very positive. He has that energy behind it, and but we all have. I'm, I'm pretty spontaneous. We, as we well. have it in we have it in different ways. Mm. You know, we have that positivity in different ways. So if anybody can can apply that to the life, it's just visualizing the success, having that positivity about it, having the confidence to do it, 
And if and it's no shit, is- if it's shit, don't do it. See, but that <laughs> see, but that t- taps into a really interesting bit of research. I don't know if you're familiar that Google a few years ago did a study into like what makes great teams, and and you've described yourself as a team, and they said. There's almost no formula, but they found there was some common traits, and you've described two of them here. One of them is we both speak in equal measure, so everyone feels their voice is heard and seen. You've described that. But the second one was psychological safety, the idea that if there's an idea that's shit, you can say it's shit, and you're not wounded by it. You don't come away and think, yeah. I feel rejected because and, you've and said that. So That was learned. Do you so know. tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I'll give a funny example. Funny, I've been banging on to him to sing Reach by S Club 7 at the end of a gig forever. Now, this is not a serious example. And he's been going, no, 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 of course not. Finally, because it was a big birthday for me this year, he will record it. He, he, he did it with me. Cheered me up no end. Ruined his gig. But early on, Career. We'd be <laughs> <laughs> early on, you know, you'd come with an idea for, for a song or for an approach to something. And if it was rejected, I go, well, I don't know what to do with that. I've never been told that this shouldn't be what we will be doing. And then, and almost with hindsight, you think that was the right decision. That was the right call by Alf. Another call you, uh, I remember you saying when we were early on doing concerts, because I'm a work in radio, I will always talk up through an intro of a song. So you can't hear, and then start singing. Alf wants the whole song silent to, to, yeah. silence to land but i i took this to a a, a a seriously long degree and i would waffle and waff and he'd sit there going just shut up and sing <laughs> christ so how did you work this out then and how did you get to a point where you can say poor idea you can say not good and you're both okay with it did you have to have the conversation no. i think no i think it's just again just mutual respect yeah. you know um it's just getting to know each other um and in a way not holding back and if yeah okay you do say something that might upset somebody you just say sorry it's a simple word it's easy to say sorry um if you've and and then we get over it and we move on and we and we know to handle it differently next time but but that was the early days and that was like a learning process i think when you see the bigger picture when you see what we have to achieve there's no point in putting your ego on the line you've got to sort of just get the job done and do it as a team to and the best of your it. ability and enjoy it yeah you know i'm not singing any more s club seven but i mean <laughs> but steps <laughs> is only a phone call <laughs> <away>. <laughs> great hits, to be fair. um i know you're on a time limit you've only got about five minutes oh, before God, i know you have to fly I, people will be listening to this or maybe yeah. watching this as well thinking Look at the energy Michael brings. Look at uh, almost like a sort of excited puppy, happy to be here, happy to talk about everything. And I would love for you just to share some of the other elements of your journey, just because I think when people only see success, they assume success is for others. Well, I guess I'm sort of old school in that uh, I I don't feel the need or the desire to wear my heart, to, to share the, the miserable times if I'm going through them. But I have shared the times when uh, I had a breakdown, when I walked out of Les Mis, when I was suffering panic attacks, when I nearly gave up the business and uh, and came through that. I'm, I wish I'd shared it at the time, but that was not my <clears throat> ethic. It was nothing is wrong, put up the front. 
Uh, and it still is like that to a certain extent. I will share it with the people I'm close to and that I love. When I go home and I close the front door and I'm with the family, that's me. I don't feel the need to 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 share it too much with in, in, in situations like this. But if there is a way that my experience can help, I'm very happy to share that. So having gone through the mental health issues I did early on, my advice has always been to share, to open up when you need to, have somebody that you can talk to. And the greatest philosophy in the world, the greatest answer to everything, is this too shall pass. Nothing is going to go on forever in the way it does. It'll change. What seems like the most enormous, crucial, uh, 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 insurmountable problem will go. And something else, maybe worse, maybe better, who knows, will change. And you'll forget about that. Or you'll take the residue of that with you, but it's not forever. Success is not forever. Neither's failure. You know, you'll find ways to, to change your life around. I really believe that. It's quite a nice mindset that, that it means you don't get too low when things are hard. Yeah. You don't get too high when things are great. Yeah. Because yeah. there's something around the corner. Yeah. You Should we explain to people at home who are listening to this podcast why you're now going to disappear? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I've got a puppy. <laughs> Before we let you go your final message for the people listening to this your one golden rule for living a high performance life what would you what would you like to leave people with ringing in their ears from oh, the life you've lived and the lessons that you've learned do smell the roses because it's easy to forget to um and and enjoy sharing your own success realize that anything you've achieved you've not done it on your own you've done it because of a myriad of other people positive and negative thank them Brilliant. always be grateful for what you what you've achieved thank you very much does that help we'll create a trailer out of this and then we'll leave we'll put this bit in like you're storming out the studio or something yeah like you're all bastards <laughs> and i never want to see you again <laughs> i hate him Well, look, huge thanks to both Michael and Alfie. And you can also now check out Alfie's solo episode, which is available now. And it was so different to the conversation we had with Michael that we've released that as a separate episode. And that's also where Damo and I wrap up the conversation about speaking to the two of them. So check out that episode right now. <laughs>